You're listening to the Simple Growth Podcast, the show that helps business owners get their life back. Here's your host, Mike Callahan. Welcome back to the SA Weekly Talk Show. Mike Callahan with special guest Liz Trotter. Uh, met Liz probably, what, uh, five, six months ago at the uh, QDS regional event um, in San Diego. Um, and if you are into public speaking, just hope that you are speaking before Liz because absolutely blew me away. Some big shoes to fill on that stage. Uh, we're going to be diving into some things, how to grow and scale your service business. Liz is in the uh, home cleaning industry. Um, she's a partner at Cleaning Business Builders, uh, owner at American Made Cleaning, as well as Castle Keepers, and was also uh, part of the artsy board uh, in the cleaning industry, and currently lives in uh, Olympia, Washington. Uh, Liz, if people haven't heard who you are or anything um, at, at any of these conferences that you've been speaking at and just sharing a ton of knowledge and helping people grow their businesses, um, would you mind giving us just a little background on yourself, uh, how you cut your teeth in the cleaning industry, and then um, kind of how you made that transition into helping other people grow their uh, cleaning businesses? Sure. Um, so the, the main thing, I guess, is I've been doing this forever. So I think 25 years now, since 1993. And... Um, I think how I transitioned into doing helping other people is I got together with a lot of like some like-minded people that really wanted to improve our industry altogether. I mean, Artsy started it, right? The people that join Artsy and get on the board of Artsy, it's because they want to increase the the professionalism of our entire industry, and I was really on that same page. And, you know, you, you, we sort of live in a little bubble. And so I didn't really know what I didn't know. And as I got more um, exposure to other cleaning companies, other than the ones that are just local, it became really obvious really quickly that there's a ton of us out there. And there's a ton of different ways to do things. But there's also a ton of ways to really struggle in this business. And by the time I was doing stuff with Arxy, I wasn't really struggling anymore. It was kind of easy. So people were like, what are you talking about? How, how can it be easy? And I was like, I don't, I don't know. How can it not be easy? <laughs> it just seems easy. And so um, that's how I transitioned. People would say, why is it easy? And I would just start telling them. And pretty soon other people would hear and say, oh, I can do that. Yeah, of course you can. You can do that. It's easy. So I just started and then I hooked up with Tom and Derek. Um, I have known Derek for quite a few years. And Derek, Derek is the one that first said, Liz, we got to get people to understand what you're all about. Because if they know how easy it is, then they can do it too. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Let's do that. And so Derek's the one that got me really hooked up with Tom and cleaning business builders. And now I'm a, a partner in Castle Keepers. I don't own Castle Keepers. I just am a partner in the different branches. And um, that's it. Awesome. It, it's so interesting to hear these backstories. Um, Derek, his last name is Christensen? Christian. Christian. Uh, Derek was on a few weeks ago. Um, it was his transition from home cleaning to general contracting was really, really, really interesting as well. Um, so you know, very similar to yourself. Um, you know, my, my background was kind of doing the day-to-day grind. And then once we kind of figured out some commonalities, how to grow and scale a business, um, it just seemed the next one. 
step to uh, grow and scale the business. Um, so the first thing we talked about before we came on was um, creating a value-based culture. Uh, would you mind diving in and giving us a what is a value-based culture? Maybe how that ties into a company's vision. Sure. Uh, yeah, that's exactly what what it is right there. Um, so this is probably one of my favorite things to one of my favorite topics to talk about and to dive into. Uh, when people have companies have a set of values that they build their company on, all decisions become easier. All of them. Uh, if, if you want to know how to what what type of vacuum cleaners you should use, your values can help you decide that. If you, because if your value, if one of your company values is um, to make the most amount of money in the least amount of time, you might be buying Walmart vacuums. If your value is to provide people with um, um, greatness so that they can become great, then you probably wouldn't buy Walmart vacuums. You might buy, you know, protein backpacks or something. So, uh, the, the thing about values is they help drive your company and everybody can get on board really easily with what's supposed to be done. So it's not constantly this question about, well, what am I supposed to do? I don't know how. You don't have that question when you're when you're dealing with values. The, the main thing, though, that um, is tricky about a values based culture is hiring those people and getting the people with the same values into your company because values are not something that you can easily shift in other people. You can help them to take on some of your values, but if they are in opposition to values that they currently already hold dear, you might you might run into some problems. So I really love the idea of knowing what your own company values are, your personal values as well, and then hiring people that match with them and then working forward in your company and getting those people to go out and do your work for you based on your same values. It's very similar to some of the stuff that Simon Sinek, Sinek talks about. Okay, and if people are kind of new to this value system, uh, if they're going out and going out, and one of the biggest things is going to find employees. There's a huge labor shortage, whether it's the cleaning industry, the home, uh, law care industry, any service-based industry. Is there a certain way that you go out before we attack employee retention to go out and create your job um, description or your ad to see if they're in alignment with, with those values before we even interview them? Yeah, actually, that, that's super helpful right there. Um, if you write your ad um, based on what you already believe and what your values are, then the people who are attracted to those things will be attracted to your ad. If you're putting your values in the ad and people are like, well, that's stupid, I don't want to work there, <laughs> then they're not going to apply. And then, so starting there, get your values out there so that it sounds like a company they might be interested in. But don't, don't put that as the only focus because as we all know, everybody's looking for what's in it, right? So people aren't looking at your ad thinking, ooh, how can I help this company? They're like, how can this company help me? So of course, they need to see what is it that you're going to give them first that also fits in with your own values. So what are the things that you're willing to offer to prospective employees that fit with your values? And that helps your potential employees be able to see 
what your company is all about without actually using the words. Like you might, like one of our values here at American Aid is helping. But I don't have to say we have a helping um, culture or it's one of our values. I can show that by saying, you know, go here and apply. If you have any trouble, hit me up privately on blah, blah, blah. It gives a, the idea of oh, helpful people. So that's sort of an idea of how to incorporate those at the very beginning, incorporate your, your values into what you're doing. Awesome. And I know the next thing that kind of leads into that is uh, employee retention. So as you go on and as you get this employee on board, uh, what's your approach to employee retention? Do you have any tips or tricks uh, once we find those rock star employees? All right. So ginormous talking. We could talk forever about that, right? But some of the things that are really important when we're talking about employee retention are hitting those values. So making sure that everybody is on the same page about what's important to the company. When people feel like they're part of that team and they know what they're supposed to be doing and they know how to be successful and they know what's going to make the boss go oh, awesome, they want to do more of that. You're rarely going to find the employee that's looking for the boss that's going to go, oh, seriously? That's not what they're looking for. They want to do the things that are going to be in alignment with your company. But if you're not clear about what those are, then you're going to your employees are going to struggle. They just don't know how to win. How can they win at your company? How can they feel like at the end of the day, yes, I did it, nailed that, right? They can't if you're not clear. If and if you think it's just about if in your company it's just about go out and get the job done and then not have any complaints, fine. That's good. As long as your employees know, that's all I want from you. Just go to your jobs, get all of the work done, and don't get any complaints. I don't care what equipment you use. I don't care what supplies. I don't care your system. I don't care how you get there. I don't care what you wear. They might not care about any of that. But be clear about what you do care about. So when you do that for people, they feel like there's a win for them, that they can be successful, why would they want to go somewhere else? There's no incentive for them to go somewhere else. What's their motivation to go somewhere else? They're working, doing this thing. And that's what they feel motivated to do is more of this thing that I'm really good at. And they feel incented to do these things that make them feel good. The things that they can go home and say, today I totally knocked it out of the park to their husband, boyfriend, girlfriend, right? So I would say that that's probably one of the, the key pieces of what to do with um, employees to like, sort of bolster their retention. It's so much more about that than any of the things that we routinely do. We routinely think about how much should we pay them? How much should we raise them to? Um, and mostly, you'll hear entrepreneurs talking about the money more than anything else. Where do I find them? So, and when I get them, how do I motivate them to do more? It's not about, it's not really about carrot or stick, right? It's all carrot, all the time. All carrot. Stay away from the stick. Because the stick is what makes me somewhere else. That, 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 I really, 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 really
No, no you nailed it. it. It's funny. We, we talked about this on a show or two ago. Um, somebody it was the exact question, but they, I couldn't agree more with you. This is exactly uh, we were talking about either ruling with the stick, dangling the carrot, or um, having more of a value-based culture where that's the third level of leadership where they're alignment with you and they're going for a greater cause. So I, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, and us as, as business owners, a lot of times we think it's uh, really motivated, motivated by money, um, but especially with this new millennial workforce. Um, yes, the basic needs have to be met, in my opinion, but w once we find that, they want to align to a culture. They want to align to some values and drive to that vision of that company. So um, this is where even in the lawn care, we're finding a lot more successes with these millennial workers. We have to we have to address things. It's not like the old days where you went to a job to die at and it was all about a paycheck. So um, really, really insightful is, and I really appreciate you diving into that. I don't know if you, you'd mind sharing the story, uh, but it kind of goes into pr providing customer service and maybe a little bit of your, of your value-based culture. Um, I believe it was you, QBS, talked about how you actually test um, a new cleaner when you throw them in the master bedroom to see if if they're trustworthy and theft. I think that might have been you. Do you know what I'm kind of alluding at there? Yeah. Um, I thought it was a really neat um, approach to something, and I, I, I wholeheartedly stole your idea, so I'll give you credit for it. Uh, but we, we used something very similar in one of our, our crews. We left that um, bait in one of the trucks to see if they'd actually uh, act appropriately even with their team members. Would you mind sharing that? Because I think it was, it was insightful of the detail and the level that you make sure these people are ethical and then they align to those values in your culture. Sure. So um, the, the, the story really is just that we have three tests that we give all of our new, uh, what we call recruits, um, before we elevate them to what we would call rookie status. Uh, so we bring them in and on day one, um, that what you're talking about is what we call our second test. And we take them into the master bedroom. And before they get in there, the team coach or the trainer, whoever they're working with for the day, and it might be just a buddy, will drop a $20 bill right next to the dresser, just on the floor, right next to the dresser. And then we give that person a cobwebber and we tell them, go around and do all the cobwebs high down the corners, all along the baseboards, get all the cobwebs. And then when you're done, come get me. I'll be right here in this master bedroom. I mean, in the master bathroom. And then we let them cobweb. And we wait to see what happens. And sometimes they say, hey, I found a $20 bill. What should I do? Sometimes they just pick it up and put it on the dresser. They don't think anything about it. And sometimes they'll never see that $20 bill again. <laughs> Although we actually always want it, right? <laughs> um, but that that's... For us, it's really one of our core values is integrity, and it's very important to me personally that if I'm going to be putting somebody in a house that I can trust, that person at least at a minimum not to steal from our customers, right? Aha! And I also, I also run a personal test. Am I willing to put this person in my house tomorrow? If I'm not willing to put that person in my house tomorrow, then maybe they shouldn't be working here. So um, that that that's the thing that you were asking me about. Yeah, and it just it blew me it blew me away. I wasn't expecting that uh, when you broke that out at the conference, and I just thought a lot of a lot of viewers, whether it's the industry, it is some takeaways there. Um, and, and going into that, so now that you're um, you're diving in and you have employee retention. Uh, 
obviously I'm, I'm assuming superior customer service would play into that um, for retention of your external customers. Um, I'm kind, of, kind of curious how your approach is to create a superior customer culture and actual service in the field. Sure. So let me say about that test. So I said we do three tests um, on those rookies. Uh, but I want to make it clear to everybody that uh, our company is not about being sneaky, underhanded, trying to trick people. So after they pass through the three tests and they, they bring them on as full recruits, we tell them what we did. We tell them that they were tested in these three ways and we sort of bring them in on the secret for the next people. Because we, we are trying to create a culture of team, a team culture, not uh, it's us against you and we're, we don't trust you and we're out to get you. We don't want to, we don't want to create that. All right. So on to your question though about um, customer service, um, how this all relates is one thing that our company at American May does, well actually and we do this at a lot of our professor keepers locations as well, is one of the things we do is we don't have a quality assurance manager. So a lot of companies feel like they have to have that quality manager, somebody to go out and check the work. Um, with the way we empower our people and help these people to live our values and work toward our goals and feel a sense of ownership, we don't find that need. We don't have a need to check their work because they're trying to get the work done just as well as I am. We have them check their own work amongst the team. Team members will check each other's work, but that's not a function of um, them not doing a good job. That's a function of when you've done something so many times, the human brain refuses to put all of its focus on that because the human brain already knows the answer. I already know how to do that. I already did it. And the example I like to use is, you know, when you're driving home from work, the same route that you've driven home every single day. How often do you guys not pay attention to that ride? How often do you get all the way home and realize, wow, hope I stopped at every stoplight. I don't remember nothing, <laughs> right? That I'm not making that on air, but yes. <laughs> and that's when our lives are in our hands. We do that when we have our kids in the car. We don't even think about driving. How are you expecting somebody to put 100% focus on a toilet when they've cleaned 50 toilets and now they're cleaning another one? Their brain will not focus 100% on that toilet. So you have to find ways to get the people to want to make sure that that toilet is clean and cleaned well without without the stick, without beating them, or without having to just come in, come behind them, find out what they did wrong, which is very, very decentralizing, right, instead of incentivizing. So because we put all, I know it sounds like I'm not talk, answering your question, but I actually am, uh, because we put all of this focus on the employees and getting them to want to do the job well, their focus is on the, the mission of our company and the values in our company that they're, they're trying to do it the same as I am. So I don't have to go out of my way to get them to do it because they're already trying to do that. Now, field employees have some latitude. They don't have as much latitude, but they have a lot. And one of our values is 
helping, like I mentioned earlier. And that helping value is super helpful because you can empower people by telling them, be helpful. Whatever the, whatever the customer needs, how can you help? I'm not saying do things for free. I'm not saying that you have to do anything that they ask. The customer wants you to climb up on the roof. I'm not saying climb up on the roof. Yeah, but that'd be helpful. No, it wouldn't because you climbing up on the roof would not be helpful to the client. We're not insured for that, right? It's a risk, but you can help them get a resource for roof cleaning. You can you can make the call for them. You can call the office and get them to make the call. So just the attitude of uh, following those values and and um, that, that mission statement, whatever your mission statement is in your company, whatever it is that you're trying to do, can get your employees all going in the same direction you are. So what, why would I need to go check their work? I don't need them to come check my work. I don't need anybody to check and see if I'm doing my best work I because I am automatically. It's my company. That's what I'm trying to do. And they have the same. Awesome. Um, and I, 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 I spent a considerable amount of money to do some strategic leadership training over at Fusionsoft to learn how to institute things. And I, I'm assuming similar like in Fusionsoft, you would have your mission, your core values somewhere posted around your office to reinforce these. Is that is that the case? Oh, yeah. We have them everywhere. <laughs> Uh, probably in here. This isn't my office, but yep, we have them up here on the roof. We have them everywhere. Yeah, yeah, we have our and, and everybody knows them. Um, to be able to promote from a from the rookie position up into a full team member position, everybody has to say a pledge here. If you can't say the pledge that includes the mission statement, the and our values, then you won't be able to promote. To the next position so at any point in time you can ask anybody in our company what's the we call it a game plan we call our mission a game plan what's the game plan and they can rattle it off like no problem and same thing with the, the values and they also are very adept at telling you how their action is related to a core value so for example um, i might ask an employee so why didn't you clean that bathroom at such and such as house. I'm pretty sure that the work order said that we're supposed to clean all bathrooms. Oh, well, because I was modeling the, the understanding uh, value list and she has a brand new puppy in there and she had a little sign that said, please leave the puppy alone. So I thought it made more sense to not go in and clean and I did leave her a note so that she would know that I was understanding her issue and that I'd be happy to come back and do it. All right, if somebody can tie their behavior to my values, when I'm so happy, I don't even care if it's a decision I wouldn't make, I'm happy, right? I'm like, couldn't you get somebody to hold the puppy while you clean the bathroom? And I don't care, right? If you're tying it to our values, I know you're thinking about it, that works for me. Well, and if you're watching this and you're listening to, to the thought and process of this, um, this is why Liz and so other and many other business people are successful is when you have this in place, um, it, it's down to the whole entire organization. So as you get larger and you have other mid-managers, they're representing what the leader of the business, just like Liz is representing through their vision, their core values. They're not having to go out and babysit these employees for quality control. So these are the things when we hear day-to-day um, -day on the Facebook groups, you know, I'm tired of running a daycare. I'm tired of 
running behind all my employees. Uh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna make the assumption, at least in our businesses, is what happened. Uh, once you got very clear on your values and your vision, and you were able to bring that through the whole entire organization, the top down. That's when things got clear, and you were able. The light bulb came on, and that's when it became easy for you. Um, yeah, you're right. You're right. So uh, I'm going to hop into the next question, but I know a lot of, I'm going to put you on the spot. A lot of our, our, our viewers um, like resources as far as books and things like that or audible books. Do you have any resources that, that if this is totally foreign to them that they could maybe check out to get some background on this values-based culture and how it goes into employee retention and, and superior customer service? Sure. Uh, gosh, there are so many. Um, so for your background information, I tend to read anywhere from three to five books a week. So and have for the last 20 years. So I got pretty much any any resource you want. I can come up with you. probably the one that's popping up in my mind the best for this one right now. Built on value. I mean, that's just the name of the book. How to build your company on values. They have some worksheets in the book. And they show you how to, the book is um, not designed if you don't have any values currently. But if you don't know what your values are and you're kind of stuck and you want to be able to get them into your company, but you're not exactly sure how, book's awesome for that. Um, but if you don't even know how to figure out what your values are, you might need to have uh, some other type of a book. Um, what other type of a book? Nothing's popping into my head right now for that one. That's like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. Want a free guide to secrets of simple growth automation? Head over to www.startsimplegrowth.com and click Get Started. We'll deliver our guide to your messenger. Plus, enter to win a free estimator chatbot. Come back to it. Um, so I guess to build on it, we'll talk about ongoing education as kind of our sixth bonus talk today because I know you're, you're really deep into that. But um, as we're going into talking about superior customer service, um, obviously we have some positive reviews on social media, but sometimes there's a negative. Um, and I know that's something we all struggle with, especially we take it personally. Do you have any um, thoughts or recommendations of dealing with Yelp, Google, and Facebook with positive and negative? Um, and do we even respond to the positive ones? And, and what would be that process? Because I know that social proof right now is more and more important every day as we go on uh, with the technology shift. Yeah, absolutely, Mike. I mean, I don't think we can beat that drum hard enough. It's not going to be going away. Um, the social aspect is not going to be diminishing anytime soon. It's getting stronger and stronger every year. becoming more and more important. And we now have a large body of proof that says that when people read reviews from people they don't even know, have never heard of, know nothing about, believe them. They believe these reviews. So responding to reviews, heck yeah, paramount in your company. Good reviews, bad reviews. What the customers or potential customers are seeing when they go on there. That is hugely important to every single one of our companies. I see a lot of times is business owners get tied up in their own shoelaces. You said it perfectly when you said it's not personal. It's not personal. You can't take it personal. Yes, it's about your company, but guess what? 
there's a flaw somewhere if you have somebody writing you a negative review. Somewhere. Maybe it's just you agree? agree? Yeah, absolutely. And, and one of the things, especially uh, in our snow removal business, when we deal with 600 people every time we get a foot of snow, there is going to be some unhappy people. But I think the most positive thing out of social reviews is actually responding to a negative review and showing how you can follow up and show how you stick to your, your customer satisfaction guarantee. So a lot of people freak out about a one or two star review. I welcome one or two of those once in a while because it gives you the ability to show people that you're human and if something would go wrong, go wrong with them, how you're going to handle it. And I think sometimes that will actually create a higher perceived value and overcome some of those sales or price objections because we're showing them in worst case scenario, we're going to stand behind our promise and make it right. Um, and I love your insight even on the positive reviews as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just give a good no, appreciate it. Um, something like this was such a surprise to wake up to so that it doesn't look like it is been a cold review. So you'll you can see companies. We all know that there are companies out there and some of us are those companies ourselves where we pay for reviews. We go out of our way to get them and maybe they're not. 100% accurate, right? Maybe our friends write us reviews because they know us and they know we do a good service or provide a good service. But maybe the reviews aren't 100% accurate and true. Your positive response to positive um, reviews makes them look more legit, makes it look like you're paying attention to your reviews and that you care about what the people say, good and bad. And that it's not just that you are responding only to bad ones. So I agree with you, Mike. A couple of one or two star reviews can actually super be super helpful for your company. Can actually really catapult you to the next place. Can make those can be the one close sales for you. Because I know personally, if I and I know I'm like a lot of people when I'm looking for a service, I, I don't really really the reviews as they come. I want to see the low. Right. What What are the problems? If there are problems that I care about, if I see four reviews that say, um, you know, they left my house unlocked, I might not be okay with whatever their solution is. I don't care how many free cleanings you gave that person. I don't care if you sent them flour. I don't care what you did. You, let, you keep leaving houses unlocked? Yeah, I can't work for that. But if I see that there's lots of different types of things, little small things, and customers are really mad, and the business owner gets in there and is working to what looks to me like they're working to fix the problem and to make sure that that problem doesn't happen again, I now believe the business owner and I don't believe the customer. What pops into my mind is one of those things always complaining like eh, just some people that are always mad eh, never yeah. we all know those people we probably even have friends that are like that right so <laughs> what I try to tell people is there are two things you need to be looking at when you are dealing with a, a bad review so the first thing is what are you going to do for the customer and that doesn't have to be talked about, dealt with at all online. But really your your ultimate goal should really be 
to fix that problem, right? Not even fix it, fix us, just customer. But like I said, there's a failing flaw in some way, even if the flaw is in your communication style or in creating an unreal expectation or not knowing who this customer is. There's some flaw that you need to address. So the first thing is figuring out how to address that. Getting that right? We want them if at all possible. Yeah, awesome. And most people are pretty reasonable. If you go out and fix it, you do well by them. They will redress that and change that for you. Sometimes you ask them to, though. Exactly. I'm sorry, I got I got some feedback, but I know obviously Liz, you got a really compressed schedule, so I want to be respectful of your time. But uh, as we're kind of getting near the end here, I, I, the one thing that keeps coming up to me is your positive mental attitude, and um, is that something that just is for show, or is it is it a positive mental attitude throughout the organization that just drives the success to where you've been going, where you've come, and where you're going in the future? Um, you might kind of touching based on that if that's something that really uh, looking at in the organization the positive mental attitude sure um, I I think that I'm blessed to have been born with a positive mental attitude I don't think that I have to work especially hard for it so I, I really feel blessed in that way um, but it's not something that comes naturally to everybody and it is something that's really important to me and the culture of my company and so we all have to be on watch for it. It's something that we're all looking for. And it's something that we all are striving to have more of. I can give you an example. This just happened today, probably 15 minutes before this call. Uh, we, I was in the scheduling person's office and one of the office assistants was in there and she saw someone's name, an employee's name that used to work for us, or she, she has worked for us for maybe six years, but she hasn't worked for us in a few months. And she saw her name on the schedule. And we're gonna call this person Sherry, because I know I'm gonna mess her name up if I don't say it. Say a name, all right. And so she saw Sherry's name on the schedule and she looked down and she was like, Sherry? And she had a face like, ew, <laughs> right? <laughs> and and she, to be clear, Sherry has been a problem. At, at times in, in, in the history of time that she's worked for us. And my response was, whoa, Nellie over there. We gotta be loving us some Sherry. If Sherry loves us enough to come back and work for us and wants to be with us, even though we were not always the best employer for her, then the least we can do is be happy that she wants to give us a second chance. So spinning that around from a, a lot of times how to create a, a better pet, positive mental attitude in our people is showing them another view. So yes, your view should be crap, our crap employee, right? But I bet and her view, somehow we were still good employers because she's still coming back here. She still wants to spend her summers with us. So how can we be more of what we do well so that she can be even more of her good stuff? of what she has to offer. She's been around here six years. It's not like he's not a good employee. She just has some behaviors that can be a little irritating at times. How can we work with those, right? How can we work with them and make them work for us if at all pos possible? So it is something that we 
continually have to do. It doesn't just naturally flow out all the time. And when things, when we're having a cruddy day, it's a bad day, I'd be lying straight at you to tell you that everybody in the office is just like all oh, roses and sunshine. No, <laughs> people are crabby. You know, people are, why is it like this? But the piece that I think keeps it from going below a certain threshold is that we're focusing on the outcome that we want, and that's where we keep it positive. Yeah, it's funny right now. Not good. Not right. Yeah. But don't forget, keep your eye over here. What's the mission? What are the values? Where are we trying to go with that? And let's fix the problem. Yes, crabby face, but the inside thought is we're gonna it's, we're gonna be lighter tomorrow. We're gonna feel better tomorrow. I love it. And most successful business owners that we that I, that I follow and that that I'm inspired by always frame things with optimism. And very similar, like you're at, you're, you're talking about. Um, and, and I tried that the other day. I had one of our trucks light on fire. Uh, so I framed it with optimism. I, I, I grabbed the other truck, went to go drop it off, grabbed a slice of pizza because I knew I was going to be sitting on the side of the road. Um, I had my laptop and my Wi-Fi connection waiting for my Uber. And uh, the gentleman around the truck's like, you're not upset. I'm like, well, we got another truck. We're going to finish the day. And this is what's insurance for. Let's keep it positive and move on. And uh, in the past, I think before I learned to frame things with optimism, like you're saying, uh, that may have derailed the whole day, if not the whole week. So um, I think if you're watching this, some of the commonalities of these, these businesses are growing and scaling with successful leadership teams is um, going out and starting from the values and then going out and creating uh, you know, relationships with these employees where they build in and, and just keeping a positive attitude. So, um, you know, I'm just really, really impressed, Liz, with how you bring all this stuff together in a full package, um, especially seeing it QBS at Martha Woodward. Uh, who's one of our certified advisors event um first time i had seen you in person so i just and I, I think liz just meet me in person once uh you live these values you, you aren't just talking about them uh on a facebook live event these are things that i think are really truly inherent in your success and you live them day to day so um i'm really really excited that you came on um and uh it's closing thoughts um i know you're really big on ongoing education um i'm a big fan of outlearning your competition um, so in closing, do you want to talk about maybe ongoing education, how that will help you grow and scale a business um, and your takes on that? And then uh, before I forget at the end, I want to make sure people um, know how to get a hold of you if they're interested in uh, anything that you provide. Yeah. Um, and just I have to say just one more thing real quick uh, around that positive mental attitude and uh, pizza. Pizza always works. Right? <laughs> you give me pizza, I feel better. <laughs> so good, good how you get that pizza, Mike. <laughs> um, all right, so ongoing education. Absolutely, I think that this is paramount. Things change, and you have to be changing with them. Um, we, we're not doing stuff the same way here that we did 25 years ago. If we were trying, we would have already been gone, right? As things change, you have to change. The, I think the secret, though, is making sure that you are looking for the people and the resources that are going to help you grow and be who you want to be and go where you want to go. So it's easy to, you know, pick up any old book and start reading and great, take this information and go. But if you're not careful, pretty soon 
you have all of these ideas and systems and processes that don't play well together. Like you were saying earlier, Mike, the successful companies that you see, they tend to have processes and systems that are all connected and everything's integrated from the top down and from the bottom up so that everything's playing together going in that same direction. But if you're taking information and taking ideas just pell-mell here, there, you've got to be paying close attention to make sure that that information is actually going to gel with what you already have going on. Because otherwise, you're going to be you're going to be in a worse spot. You might think you're in a better spot because look, I'm doing this really amazing thing right now but it's really throwing a monkey wrench in your whole organization if you're not careful. Um, so I, I guess that, that I 100% bigger if there was such a bigger thing, even though we all know there's not, but 100% and behind the idea that everybody should be focusing on ongoing education in your field, in your industry, with Anything that you're interested in. Is that a, is that a child or a puppy? Yeah, actually, I've got to cut it short here. I've got uh, a sick child. i got to take to the doctor. But Liz, I really appreciate your time. Um, real quick before we close out, how can people get a hold of you if they're interested in uh, what you offer? Uh, so probably the easiest way is to go to cleaningbusinessbuilders.com. That's our website. And you can find out more about us. And you can there's a place right on the very front page that says if you'd like more information give us your email and I can connect with you. Um, probably easier than anything else. I'm on Facebook. You can always hit me up on Facebook. Uh, that's probably the easiest way, Mike. Okay. And what I'll do is I'll put that in the show notes for everybody and um, really appreciate your time. Sorry I had to cut it a little bit short. Um, I got to get a kiddo over to the uh, doctor. So I um, really appreciate it. And uh, anybody who's watching the recorded version, drop some questions and Liz and I will keep an eye to uh, answer those questions for you. Thanks again. Good luck with the doctor, Mike. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. If you like this show, you might want to check out our resources at www.startsimplegrowth.com. While you're there, enter to win an Estimator chatbot. Mike Callahan is available for private coaching.